want you to read the verse on the screen with every strength in your body because for you know that's the only verse you read today so shall we go ready go for David after he had served his own generation by the will of God fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption read it again and David for David after he had served his own generation by the will of God fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption I prophesy to you that you will not die until you have done God's will for your life hey. I say you will not die until you have finished God's assignment for your life you will not die until you have, you have paid school fees of people you will not die until you have built that hospital. You will not die until you become the MD of that company. I say you will not die until you become a great person. Anybody the enemy has marked for death, I remove your name from the death list and put you on the list of successful people. Anybody sitting by the pot of witchcraft, commanding your death, commanding cancer over your life, cancer says flash out. For David, after, 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 you will not die until you are finished and God is finished with you. <laughs> I said, you will not be a failure but you become successful all the days of your life. I give you 100 years. I give you 120 years. I give you 150 years. As many years as you need to finish your assignment, receive life. Fell on asleep simply means he died. And saw corruption means he got rotten. Everybody will die and get rotten someday. But the important thing is that after, 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 hey, you will not die unfulfilled. I said you will not die unfulfilled. You will die as an achiever. Now, this is the profile of a man that walked on the surface of the earth. And what an amazing summary of someone's life. Imagine that today was your funeral. Which one sentence would describe your life? I'm not saying which tributes will be read about you. We hear a lot about David in the Bible. And we can preach about him the whole day. In spite of everything, this is how his life was summarized. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. What will be written on your tombstone? Will people come and tell lies on your funeral day? She was very committed to the choir. <laughs> She never missed a single service. Our mom was this. Our father was this. And I said, when they attended somebody's funeral, eh, even his children could not cry. The aunties of the children told, I said, it is your father. Don't disgrace him. Please cry for him. One of the ladies said, when they came back from the burial, he said, I'll say this in the language in which she said it. I'll say it in English. He said, Are you Allah She was better they were playing drums and singing for us for us to dance but we didn't have any dance for him he didn't deserve that honor because he didn't do anything for that honor we live in a culture where people are not honest because they say we don't insult the dead this is an honest opinion of someone's life hundreds of years after his death not even on his funeral day and they said this is what he did he served his own generation by 
by the will of God or according to the will of God. Other versions say, according to the will of God. Our theme for today and next week is serving God in our time. Serving God in our time. There are two ways in which you serve God. You serve Him according to His will and in your own generation. We serve God, number one, according to His will, number two, in our own generation. Two aspects of fulfilling service. Two things that make sure that your service is complete. Number one, that service must be according to the will of God. And number two, it must be in your own generation or to your own generation. And David, after he had served his own generation, fell asleep and died. Or fell on asleep and was laid up with his fathers. And he saw corruption. Another, let me put it again. If you want your life to end well, there are two things that will make sure that you have ended well. Number one, that you serve God according to his will. And number two, you served him in your generation. I'm putting it, I'm rephrasing it again. If you want to, if you want to know what a meaningful life is, a meaningful life is one, number one, that is lived according to the will of God and that is lived in service to one's generation. One's generation. Now, according to the will of God, serving God in our time. According to the will of God. Ladies and gentlemen, many of us know about service and today is not the first time you are going to hear about service and perhaps this will not be the last time. You don't serve God by your standards. You serve God by His standards. By His own will. Let me show you three wrong standards that are not the will of God for serving God. Or three groups of people that fall short of the standard of God's service. Three. Three groups, three ways not to serve God according to God's will. So you can flip it and know three ways to serve God according to His will. His will, not your will. Number one, the first group that, are, that, will not, that, that do not serve according to his will. The group that is too busy for God. Too busy for God. Too busy for God. Oh! I hear my, my brother was in Rosa Legon. Or he was in Legon. Now listen, when I'm preaching, I can use all kinds of examples because the word must be real to you. And I can pick it from my house. I can pick it from my life. I can pick it from your life because it must be real. My own blood brother who was born and raised in Royal House Chapel in 1999, May, born and raised in Royal House Chapel, went to Legon and was in Legon and had accommodation for four years. And he never served in any capacity in the church. You can literally count the number of times he went to church. My blood brother who was born and raised in church. In my house, if you don't go to church, it's a taboo. My mother will drag you. At some point in their lives, I used to be the one that used to take them to church every Sunday morning. When he went to first day, I sat him down. I said, as you have come to school, do A, B, C, D. This will carve your path for this sort of thing in life. He didn't do 
a single thing I said. And one of the things his mates told me, some of his mates from SS were also in Rosa. They said, every time you meet him, you say, I am walking in fire in Domolano. It means he's too busy. He's moving on to the next thing. Too busy for God. Some people use their, their studies as excuses. They too, they are not studying. Tell me, how many hours can you, you study? Some people use their lectures as excuses. As if they go to lectures 24 hours and never close. They will close from the lectures and they will now start watching Korean soap operas, Filipino soap operas, Argentine soap operas, and so on. And never make space in their lives for, for the prayer meeting, for church service, or for anything. According to, you are too busy. Yet God is the one that donated you the 24 hours. How come he doesn't have a share in it? Think about it. You think God will give you time and not have a share in it? You don't have time for God. No time for prayer. No time for serving. Nothing. Too busy. The second group. Those who accept the responsibility for serving God. And don't do it wholeheartedly. It is not in God's will. For you to say, I will do the work. And do it partially. The Bible says, Cursed is anybody who serves God deceitfully. Or who does the work of God deceitfully. It is not in God's will. For you to serve him half-heartedly, partial-heartedly, empty-heartedly. And David, after he has served his own generation according to the will of God. Let me show you how David served. See, the first introduction we hear about David was that they were going to, use, they were going to anoint him as king. The day they went to his house to anoint him as king, guess where he was? He was in the bush. Do you know how David started serving his generation? Started serving his generation by serving goats, sheep. And cow. He started by doing many things. That is, and God is saying, He said by the will of God. Some of you, you don't do it wholeheartedly because you don't respect what has been put on you. Some of us, we don't do it wholeheartedly because we don't understand what we are doing. Some of us, we don't do it wholeheartedly because we think somebody else is marking us. How are you serving? Thank you, everybody. Say, how are you serving? If you don't need Pastor Natu, say, no, no, what if I'm not there? I, these days, I say that Rosa ATU is my church. One day I said, someone said, ah, why are you saying that the church is for God? I said, where is God? I said, it is my church. I own it. <laughs> I have developed a sense of ownership. If anything goes wrong, it will, it, will, it will pain me. It is not because AG is watching me or marking me. I am not, do, I'm not looking at my left or my right. It is my church. It is, my, it is a measure of my relationship with God. The third group, they are those who do the work. They make themselves available for the work. But demand, but demand, I'm using the word, but demand material benefits for it. They do the work, but they demand material benefit. David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, see, David, I've given one service, was serving a sheep for his father. Okay, fine. That one is a family job. The next time we hear about him is in 1 Samuel chapter 7. The next time is 1 Samuel chapter 7. And the whole nation of Israel was about to go down because one giant had appeared. And the king himself was afraid. David appears in battle. Of course, he asks what to be done for them, what to be done for them, what to be done for the man and all of that. But standing before Goliath was a risk he was taking that he could have died. 
he put his whole life on the line. Question, what if Goliath had killed David? It wouldn't have even been news. Would have taught him like a little goat. The reason why the, the story of David and Goliath is an epic one is because a small boy beat a big man. But what we don't realize is that the guy was doing national service. He was fighting a battle that was not his to fight. He was not a soldier. He was not called into the army. But he was available to work in the army and not demand anything for it. In fact, he put his life on it for it. And David, after he had served his own generation, according to the will of God, some of us, everything we do, we, we are expecting that pastor will come or somebody will come and put us something. It is, it's okay to be rewarded materially for things you do. But how much can you be paid for what you do? How much? Ask you, how much can you be given? Last week, I was so angry. And throughout this week, I was so angry at the ministry of instrumentalists. I was so angry because I said, oh, and every time everybody I spoke to gave me the same response. They said, they are like that. They can mess you up. That's what they did. That's what they did. I said, ah. And you know our church runs a lot on music. So you have to manage them well. You have to handle them. Manage them well simply means give them money. Okay. If you came to church and there was no preaching. If they only played the instruments without Phoebe singing, it would be a jazz session. We can, we, can, we can give you a token. But we can't pay you. Only God can pay service for him. Only God. If you work in a company, the company takes responsibility for paying you for that work. If you work for God, God takes responsibility for your payment, not me. Not me. How much can I give you? How much of the offerings of this church can I give to the people that come to play instruments? We live in a generation that don't know how to save. Don't understand that in becoming great, you need to go down and not demand anything for it. Everybody is thinking something small for the boys. Something small. You want small things for the boys? I want a big thing for myself. And it's only God that can give me. For no eye has seen, nor has he heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared. I want what God has prepared. Not what is in, is in, is in, is in Pastor Nancy Momo wallet. Everybody that serves God must have this heart of sacrifice. Willing to give something up. The only way the kingdom of God can move on is through sacrifice. Because it was built from sacrifice. And it is sustained through sacrifice. Christ bought the church with his own blood. Sacrifice. Blood. 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 And you want money in exchange for it. Blood. What we are doing is about blood. There is no church in this world that can thrive on paying people for the work they do. It, 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 the church will not survive. Because when we collect all the offerings and we start sharing, all the people that come to work, if we give them some, there will be nothing to do anything. See, and the offerings also came through sacrifices. So we all sacrifice to build the kingdom because we were also bought with the price. And when you do it and you are giving something, just know that it is just a little appreciation. We can't buy you. I, I am trying to tell you something. There are a lot of things that are going on that sometimes are justified. But be careful in serving God. Oh, if the church doesn't have plenty of people, I won't attend. How many people will attend for the church to come a big church for you to attend? Those who do the work, but do not deep, but demand, but they are not serving according to the will. Don't, the word I'm using there is demand. 
demand. Some of the demands are subtle. He will hang around, will pastor call him, he will hang around the pastor. And pastor too is hot because Charlie, when he looks at the balance, he can't sustain this. Then he's feeling bad. Then you dump him in the water because somebody will give you more. I'm telling you, me, whenever you do that to me, I'll say, okay, I won't even, I won't, I won't discuss it with you. I won't. Because I don't even want to speak to you for my speaking to sound manipulative. I won't. They've had enough loaded with the word but not transformed by the word. They can't understand what we go through. Sometimes we don't sleep and then we are waiting on God. Who is going to pay me for not sleeping? Who is going to pay me for that? Who is going to pay me that as a full-time worker, I still have to make extra time to prepare and come and preach to you, to prepare you for heaven? Who can pay me for that except God? If you want to work for God, your expectation, your demand must be on the altar. Where you pour your services, that is where you demand your reward. And, and, you, and, and when you do it, you are not doing it for me. That's what I'm telling you. The church belongs to me. In other words, I have owned my relationship with God that I make my demand for what I need from Him. If I pay you for what you do, what can God give you again? Hallelujah. And David, after he had saved, according to the will of God, said, number two, his own generation. So we are talking about generation now. See, You serve God according to his will and you serve him in your generation. Your generation simply represents three things. The place, the people, and the time. The, pla the, the place where you find yourself, the people around you around that time. Sorry, at that place. And number three, the time in which you find yourself. Every human being will live in a certain generation. And in that generation, you live in a certain place. And there will be certain people around you. There are three elements of generation. Time, place, people. The people around you. The time in which you are living and the place. Now, all these three things about generation are temporary. They are not permanent. Look at your life. People. Most of the people you started class one with and KG with, you don't find them anymore in your life. Place. You will even find that even you sitting down here, you will not be in this university forever. Those in your residence, some of you, semester after semester or academic year after academic year, you move from one room to the other. Now, God gives us generations so that we will serve within that generation. God gives you the generation of being a student in Rosa ATU so that you will serve Him in ATU. Why is the fair lady I was speaking to yesterday? She didn't come to church. Yesterday, I was giving a snippet from this sermon. She tells me that she goes to her church outside of campus. And I told her, yeah, that's fine. Fantastic. I said, where? She mentioned some far place. Then I said, do you realize that it is not by accident that you're a student here and that God brought you here for a reason? If your church had a place on campus, I would say it is easy for you to go there but once church is close to you, attend that church and provide your services to that church. Because it is not, we are not really doing church, church. We are doing kingdom. And when you find one in the kingdom that you are close to, stay glued to it and serve in that place. You see, look at me now. Sometimes when I speak to you, I see what I'm saying is sometimes above your head. You know why? Because I also belong to perhaps another generation. 
but there's a certain language that you speak that people around you, people your age, people your class can understand. Yesterday I was speaking to the SRCPRO about something. When she saw my height, my height and she was looking at me, she thought I was her age. But the English I was speaking, the way I was continuing, she said, hey, the English you are speaking, I said, then I realized, hey, I'm in school, I have to change the way I'm talking. I'm not in the boardroom. But you people can speak pidgin. Your generation, the people around you. And they will understand. You will speak some campus terms and they will understand. You know KKF. You know some places that I don't know. God is telling you that you are here in this generation. In this generation called ATU so that you will serve in this generation. You know KKF better. You know the attitudes of people there. Why are you not serving God in this capacity? Why are you letting this time pass you by? You will not be a student of ATU forever and you will not be a room member of that place forever. It doesn't matter how much you love this school. If you come back, you may come back as a lecturer or something. And people will not see you the same way and accept you the same way. This is your time. This is your generation. This is your place. The students here are your people. They understand your language. They know how you feel. They can, you can connect with them better. You have a circle of friends. It's your generation. You have roommates. It's your generation. You are on campus. It's your generation. And you are in school at this time. It is your generation. David served the Lord according to the will of God and said, his generation, you must serve your generation. You must serve your generation. Jesus called his disciples to himself before he sent them to the world. He prepared them, gave them the qualities so that they can withstand the corruption that is in this world. Sometimes people are not properly baked in church. They don't serve God in church. They don't do anything. They don't know sacrifice. They go into the world, they go into leadership and they begin to steal because they don't know how to keep their stomach for other people to feed. So you find Christians who are in leadership and still corrupt because they didn't come to Christ. They didn't come to learn service from him. He said, come unto me. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you come to him, he will teach you. He washed their feet. So when they now, when he left down, he, they knew how to wash the feet of others. Do you want us to send you to the world to go and serve? Learn to serve in the church first. Because when you serve in the church, everything is sacrifice. When you go to the world, you can now sacrifice your your personal interest for the common interest. Most people want to become leaders and be known. But their reason is not really for others. Their reason is so that they will be known. But when you come into Christ, you become a self-effacing servant. You become somebody that disappears until you reappear. Anybody who has served God well normally will start from the background. Nobody will know about you. Nobody will care about you. Until suddenly you emerge. Recently, somebody said, Ah, you, apart from week of daughter, we don't know you. I said, Yes, you don't need to know me. In fact, when I even handle the, hand over the mic, I don't even expect you to remember me because it is not about me. Then I, I said, You know what? In the last 19 years of my life, I have given my life and my service to this church. Then I started listing the things I've done in 19 years. The positions I've occupied. I've even been WMG prayer secretary before. 
me, I've been WMG prayer secretary before. The WMG that has become glamorous and everybody's. Me and three other people. I called three other people. And I said, look, let's pray for this youth ministry so that you get revival. And those days, I was not even the youth prayer secretary. I didn't have to become prayer secretary to pray for the youth ministry. I gathered three people. We became four. Four. And every Friday night, we go and have all night. And we never told the WMG president that we're praying for the ministry. Today, now there are WMG pastors. People are doing things. Listen. After I said, <laughs> you must learn to serve your generation. For nothing. Whilst many young people were sleeping, four young men were still praying. We didn't have to advertise it. We didn't need hard work. We didn't need anything. One day when we saw that the president was coming, we went to hide because we didn't want them to see what we were doing. What most of you would have done is you would have intensified your prayer. Kaba, kaba, kaba. The ministry, the ministry, the ministry, the ministry, the ministry, the ministry, the ministry. So that they will come and see that some young men have dedicated their lives to that. See, before I started preaching to your age, I was I was preaching to Sunday school children. In fact, before I started preaching to Sunday school children, I was doing morning devotion in my own house for my two brothers who were seven and nine or something like that. Your generation. Your generation is the people that are around you. Your generation is the place where you are. And your generation represents your time. The time in which you live. You will not be a student of ATU forever. And one of the biggest regrets of people's lives is that when they grow older, they say, oh, when I was young, I wish I did what you were doing. May that never be your story. There are certain things you can only do at a certain time of your life. After that, you can't do it. Yesterday, when people were sweeping here, I wanted to collect the broom and sweep some. But I realized that my time to do that has just passed, even though I had the zeal and the passion. I wanted to take the broom. Did you see me coming to push the bottles? Did you see me? Yeah, I wanted to get involved. But the time, it's not the zeal. The zeal is there. But you people will not even allow me to do it. Why? Because it is not my place. Next week, we'll be looking at what I call conditions of service. The UTAC lecturers are on strike because of poor conditions of service. Next week, we'll look at conditions of service. But I want to end with this. Has somebody been blessed? Is the word sinking? Or I'm grinding you, meet you. This church needs services, which is part of the place in which you find yourself and the people and the time. Five areas that we need people to serve in. Or five categories of service. Number one, ministerial appointments. Don't worry, I'll explain them. Number two, attendance. <laughs> Number two, attendance. Number three, sharing of the gospel. Number four, financial support. Number five, voluntary services. Five areas to serve. In ministerial assignments or ministerial appointments, 
number, number two, in church attendance. Number three, in the sharing of the gospel. Number four, in financial support. And number five, voluntary services. Ministry appointments, we, what we mean is that we are talking our people to serve in leadership roles. When you see somebody having a title, a position, what they are doing is that they have a ministerial appointment. If this was a bigger church, you would have had assistant pastor and all kinds of titles. Those are ministry appointments. Now, because this is a, a transitory type of church, what it means is that everything we do is very temporary. So we have a group that leads the church in executive positions for one year. Then they hand over to another group. They hand over. Those are ministerial appointments. Now, within the groups themselves, or within not even the groups, with the, the leaders are supposed to now create groups of people that they will serve with. And in serving within the group, then they will now also create their own leadership. Do you understand? So let's say ushering. The head usher has a ministry appointment as the head usher. But she's supposed to have the ushering department with members in it who will now have the ushering. So she will be like the president of the ushering ministry, the vice president, the prayer warrior still replicating the same structure music same we need people to fill the work and fill the positions i'm telling you this number two church attendance many people do not even realize that attending church itself is part of service why do you think we call it church service why, why do you think you think it's an english word when we come into church, we come to serve. Some serve through the playing of the instruments. Some of us serve through when it is worship time. The singing that we sing to God, that ministry we give him is part of our service. So all of us here make the church service. Those singing in front and those responding with the singing back is church service. David said, this same David who served his generation. How did he serve Je his generation said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. It means David loved to go to church. It was part of his service. We need people to attend our travel. We need people to come to Sunday service. We need people to be in the intercessory ministry to be praying on Wednesdays. Church service. Attendance. There are some people when you call for meetings, they won't come. They will give you a thousand and one reasons. What you are doing is that you are just cutting your service off. We are not serving. And I've told you, me, as a pastor, I find it very difficult to sit people who have been in church for a very long time down, who have heard all these things before. I find it difficult to talk to them again. Do you know why? Once you start, they start thinking what you are going to finish saying. So they have a mental block. They will not do everything. Like as I'm preaching, as some of you are saying, you're right, preach pastor, preach pastor, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. But they never make a change. So I would rather expend my effort on those who don't know. Sometimes when they're also telling people who know, they get offended. They feel like you are picking on them. See, I won't, I won't benefit anything from picking on you. Picking on you. I won't. I won't get anything from picking on you. Why, why do you think I want to quarrel with you? 
pastor is blasting. Why, why do you want me to blast you? For what? Blast you for what? I won't, I won't do that. I am telling I'm giving you my mode of operation. I give you the word of God, I finish there. And I leave the Holy Ghost to work on you. And I leave you to go and think of what to do to move things forward. The only thing I'll do next is to call prayer meeting for us to pray for fire and anointing. That one too, if you don't come, what should I do? I won't do anything. I won't. I won't. Because I want to have David's testimony. I want to serve my generation according to the will of God. After that, I qualify to die. Until I build a church for God. Until I build auditoriums for him across the world, I am not dying. Until you buy the Apostle General a private jet, I say you are not dying. Hey. Until you build a school for the vulnerable in your community, you will not die. Nobody qualifies to die until they have finished service. Um, I've talked about church attendance. So David was someone who attended church. So it is in the summary. Now the next thing is, uh, give me the third point. Sharing of the gospel. What is sharing of the gospel? Your testimony. Oh, I attend Rosa LTU. And ever since I came to church, this and this and this is what I've experienced. Can you join me to church? Sharing of the gospel. Now a lot of people say, oh, we are just going to preach. When we finish preaching, the Holy Spirit will deal with them. How many of you have seen the Holy Spirit before? Show me. Show me. Show me the Holy Spirit. When you preach to people, you have a responsibility for making sure that they are nurtured. Some people add and take and find the Bible believing church. Some people don't know what Bible believing church is, but I know what a Bible believing church is. It is God who will say it to you. Bring them to church and be excited and make sure they are grounded. That is how you share your faith. How many people have you brought to church and how many have you grounded? Some people just bring the people flimsily and after they come once, they don't look for them again. It's like they just came to mark the register to please me. Then they count the number. Then I'm happy. Ten people came to church. No. You think that if a church is run on come in, go in, out, out, in basis, there will be any church. Every Sunday, can you imagine that if every Sunday people who come to church are new people and the next is new, we will not have even a next batch of leaders in it because we will not have anybody we have monitored and mentored over time to hand over the church to number two when you bring somebody to church and you leave the person to their own devices what happens is that the same devil they came to fight the same devil meets them at the next place sharing of the faith. Some people say, oh, as for it to you, he has for it to you, you can't do it, he has for it to you. What is in this earth to you? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the earth to you is part of it. I don't have any exceptions and re- I say, if you take me to Abu Dhabi to go and do church, I will never make an excuse that the ground is hard. The earth is the Lord's. Question, why do you think that we have church in Africa today? some white people were looking for a way to survive <laughs> because there was too much cold in their country so they needed to survive some of them needed to create coats so they needed raw materials and so on they needed to build industry so they needed gold copper and so on so they started exploring the world 
and began to find themselves in lands like Africa and America. And when they came, they found resources and started taking some to their countries. In that, around that same time, church had started growing or the, the word of God was also growing in Europe. So some people also felt like, if we are going to places to trade in distant lands, the Bible says we should take the gospel, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall be my witnesses in, in Judea, in Samaria, in, to the uttermost part of the earth. Then we'll take advantage of these voyages and also take the word there. Then they brought the word to unknown lands. What shocks me is that language is supposed to be a barrier. You here in ATU, language is not a barrier to you and the people here. Language was a barrier. They were speaking their own. Some of them were speaking Portuguese. Some of them were speaking Italian. Some of all kinds of languages. But they managed to break through even the language barrier. The weather was offensive to them. They, were, they, they knew European weather. But yet they had to acclimatize to African weather. Have you gone to Europe before? There are no mosquitoes there. But in Africa, there are mosquitoes. They endured the mosquitoes. Some of the people that brought the word of God, they were in their early 20s and teens. Most of the people we read about, the missionaries, they were young men like you. They learned our language and communicated with us and took our own language and used it to write Gan Bible. She Bible. Those Bibles you see were not written by guns and cheese. They were written by wise people. Some of them were German. Some of them were Swiss. Give me your excuse and I'll show you not a character from the Bible but a character from history that stood and served God in their generation. Some of them when they were coming, they even came with their own coffins because for them it was a journey of no return. Serving God in our time. They came with their own coffins because they didn't know what awaited them here. If they died, they died. So we have not made a single sacrifice. We want to serve God in comfort. Comfort. Come for evangelism at your own time. Live at your own time. Everything at your own time. We don't serve God like that. This is your time. Serve God the way He wants you to serve. You will not have it again. I'm telling you. You will not have it again. They wrote the Bible for us. That's how they brought the word. So everything about church and the kingdom is on the wheels of sacrifice. Some people broke off engagements. They are letters of, of some of the missionaries. They broke off their engagements with their girlfriends. Because the ladies were not willing to travel with them. And they said, we are going to a place we don't even know there. And we don't want to keep you in suspense. So please find somebody to marry. I am going as a single man. Some of you, your boyfriends will keep you on phone. Nah, you won't come for even set up. You do you you, you you don't understand. You don't understand sharing the gospel. When I ask you, start telling me stories. Me them, watch me. Every time you start telling me a story, I switch off. Every time I, I just switch off. Yesterday, let me end on this one. Yesterday was the funeral service of my my mother's backbone my mother's backbone who's dead her husband who is left to take care of their four children he also died yesterday was his funeral in pram pram this is a man whose house i have lived in before 
who has given me clothes to wear before and food to eat before? Yesterday was his funeral. I didn't attend that funeral because I couldn't miss coming here in the afternoon. I couldn't miss coming here in the afternoon. And my entire family will criticize me that when there are family events, I don't come because I've decided to lay my life down for the church. Many of you care about the opinions of people. And I made the conclusion, I said, if I don't attend that funeral, that man will still go into the home. But if I don't come here, certain things will go wrong on Sunday and I'll be ashamed. Which one do I choose? If you know what we went through yesterday to do set up here and the battles we had, I went to I went, I went to your hostel to come and talk to you. You did not even know what I was giving up. Financial support. Financial support. Everything we are doing here costs us something. The courts you are hearing, the fun that is blowing over you, everything is costing us something. Somebody might be thinking, oh, but that's you. We feel like don't do the church. Eh? The Bible said, what? He said, and what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose it? So it means that no amount is too much to get one soul to come to church. No amount of money is too much. If we had to do this service in this room for one person to attend and for me to pay thousand cities, it would still be worth it. So when people don't come to church, something happens to me. Am I preaching? I'm talking. <laughs> Voluntary services. See, you serve God also with your money. Don't forget this. That's why I mentioned financial support. Please, when you come and you are giving up, don't throw it in our faces. Don't even feel like we are wearing you out. It is not our intention to take the money your parents give you. To do what? We care about other people. We preach the gospel with the anointing and with the power and everything. But we organize that setup with money. I will never twist anybody's hands for money. Today I've shown you. If you want to give, give generously. If you don't want to give, don't worry. Number, number five, voluntary services. Voluntary services means doing anything and everything you find worthy to do. You are everywhere doing anything that you think there is a need. You are meeting it. See, in my previous assignment somewhere where I pastored another student's church, one day somebody came to church for the first time. I said, a lady, I don't know why, she came to sit right behind me. She said, Pastor, from today, I'm a member of this church. I never spoke about money in that I never did. He said, Pastor, every Sunday, the water that will be used and the sweets, I'll buy them and give it to you. So she started buying that thing. One day I came to church and somebody had brought two swivel chairs for the leadership in front. Those days we were sitting on the same chairs. I came to church and somebody had come to change the table from this plastic table to another one. And we never asked for it. Am I demanding from you? No. All I'm just trying to say is that do things for God voluntarily, out of your heart. Where you see and you just jump and meet the need. Oh, no people are in the choir. Your voice is not nice, but you say, I want to add to the numbers of the choir. 
I want to be part of the prayer warriors. I want to come for setup, voluntary services, doing things you have not been asked to do, but you choose to do. And David, after he had served his own generation, according to the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid up with his fathers and he saw corruption. We serve God according to his will and in our generation. May you serve God indeed and in your own generation. God bless you.